This is a 980 CKNW podcast. It is Sunday morning. That means it's time to check in with Rick Forchuk. Good morning, Rick. Good morning, Jill. Good morning. Great weather. If you want to hang out inside a theater, you won't be missing anything outside. So let's take a look at what's open this weekend. Well, let's start with hostiles, Jill. I don't know if you've seen the promotional material that says that this is the, quote, the best Western since Unforgiven, end of quote. Uh, that seems to have been produced by a copywriter who has not seen the movie. I would say that Hostiles has more in common with the English patient than it does Unforgiven. It's set in 1892, and it's the story of a U.S. cavalry captain named Joe Blocker, who is tasked with taking a dying Cheyenne chief named Yellowhawk, played by Wes Studi, and a few of the chief's family members from the fort in the New Mexico Territory to his ancestral home in Montana. Chief Yellowhawk has cancer. He's been imprisoned along with his son Blackhawk, played by Adam Beach, and his daughter and grandson for the past seven years. The Indian Wars are coming to an end, and with a presidential pardon, Yellowhawk and his family are free to go home. Blocker is a damaged man, still hateful of what many of the native people have done to his kind, but he knows that he did all of that and worse to them, and he does not want this assignment. Now, prior to our seeing this piece of exposition, the movie opens with a settler, his wife and three children, set upon by a band of Comanche, who kill them all with the exception of the mother, Rosalie, played by Rosamund Pike. She clutches her dead baby to herself for days. She's unable to process what's happened here. Now, when Blocker and his group of travelers, all on horseback, encounter the scene of horrific destruction, they stop and try to help Rosalie, but she is so traumatized by the deaths that she uh, just can't, can't manage. She's barely sane at this point. Now, the cinematography on the journey is spectacular, with Arizona, Colorado, and New Mexico locations caressing the camera. There are many long camera shots of setting suns, silhouetted trees and mountains, and the party crossing the terrain at great distance. While there are some scenes of violence, as the wars are not over for some, we come to realize that there are bad Native people and some good Native people, bad white people and some good white people, and that nobody wins when one faction tries to eliminate another. This is a slow-moving film with many long silences, which is why the English patient comparison, but it's a stunning character study in forgiveness and an amazing look into the hearts of those who have been so badly damaged emotionally and physically by all that's occurred. It's an excellent film with fine performances all around, and I hope it'll be remembered at Oscar time next year, Jill, uh, but it is not all action thrills and high adventure. At its heart, this is a story of human pain and suffering and what one set of individuals do to find peace. 14A rating, that's Hostiles. All right, looks like an interesting one for sure. Um, yeah. This one, so I had seen the preview for Hostiles. I have not seen anything about uh, Maze Runner, The Death Cure. Yeah, this one, Jill, is based on the series of young adult novels by James Dashner. It's the third in the Maze Runner series, in which a group of young people led by Thomas, played by Dylan O'Brien, have to uh, struggle to find a way out of a maze in the first movie. Uh, Then they found their way out of a city in the second movie, and now they're trying to break back into that city in this dystopian culture in the future, uh, looking for a cure for a plague known as the Flare which turns people into what appears to be extras cast for The Walking Dead. Now, this is a good action movie, getting us revved up even before the opening titles roll, as we see the youthful gang hijacking a railway car in which their friends are imprisoned. Lots of off-road action and a game of tag with the moving train, and then a futuristic helicopter shows up to put a stop to it all. 
Now, there isn't much in this special effects-laden movie that we haven't seen before, but the characters are consistent with the two previous films, as most of the cast has returned, minus a handful that died in the process. And not everybody makes it out of this one alive either, as the villainous Jansen, played by Game of Thrones' Aidan Gillen, is bent on finding a cure for the flare at the expense of the young people who have some antibodies in their blood that may help. Now, the entire movie is a series of attempts to free various characters from the clutches of Jansen and his minions, so there are many, many, many scenes of soldiers, almost interchangeable with Star Wars stormtroopers, blowing things up and being blown up themselves. There are too many scenes where we see one character or another saying, we aren't leaving without Thomas, making the audience say, all right then, let's just get on with it, because the bad guys are closing in. But overall, a satisfying action thriller that'll make most viewers happy with the outcome. And don't worry if you can't recall the previous two movies. This one stands alone well enough that even a rookie viewer will get it all. Uh, the rating is 14A. It's Maze Runner, The Death Cure. All right. So you can watch it uh, on its own. Don't have to, as you said, don't have to see uh, the, the lead up to that one. No, you don't. You forget them anyway, even if you did see them. <laughs> That's true. Very true. Uh, over at Netflix, I do remember Carol and a lot uh, of talk and buzz when Carol was out. And was it only 2016? It wasn't that long ago. Yeah. 2016. Uh, and you're right, there was a lot of buzz around this one. It was nominated for six Oscars, including Kate Blanchett for Best Actress and Rooney Mara for Best Supporting Actress. Uh, Blanchett is the Carol of the title, a woman significantly older than the young woman, an aspiring photographer, who develops an intimate relationship with, this wouldn't be news today, but during the 1950s in New York City, this was forbidden ground. Kyle Chandler co-stars as the husband of Carol, failing to understand just exactly what is happening with this relationship and with his relationship. Uh, the rating is 14A, well worth the Oscar nods, I think. Uh, that's Carol on Netflix, Jill. All right. And we also have Riptide. Yeah, this is brand new. Uh, Disney star Debbie Ryan stars as Cora, a teenage model of major fame whose mother owns the modeling agency for which she works. One mistake and a video featuring Cora in a compromising situation goes viral and threatens to destroy her reputation. So she decides to move to Australia until it all blows over. That's where her aunt lives. But it turns out that the aunt has troubles of her own. Australian TV star Genevieve Hegney plays Aunt Margot. The rating 14A, and that one is called Riptide. It's also on Netflix, Jill. All right. And uh, an interesting one on Crave. I have not heard of this one either. Uh, Beware the Slenderman. Yeah, this one's a documentary. Uh, It's from 2016. It's a very interesting documentary that tells the story of two girls who were tried for the murder of another whom they stabbed to death, allegedly on the orders of the Slender Man, a fictional monster from a horror website. There is a big screen movie scheduled later this year on exactly this topic. Here you will see the actual girls accused of the murder, and you'll follow some of the courtroom procedures. The rating is 14A. Beware the Slender Man on Crave TV. Pretty interesting stuff, Joe. Yeah, sounds like it. Uh, and we've talked about this as well on a much lighter note. Uh, it is award season, so there is another big award show happening tonight. Yes, there is. We've got the 60th Annual Grammy Awards tonight. Big, big production comes to us live from Madison Square Garden in New York City, and it is heavily slanted towards rap music, although the obligatory show tunes and classical music will get a passing courtesy, too. It's likely to be somewhat less political than the most recent award shows, such as the Golden Globes, uh, but there'll still be a presence as attendees, both presenters and performers, have been asked to wear a white rose, representing Time's Up, which focuses on gender equality. 
tough break because 85% of the Grammy nominees are men, which should elicit some response from attendees. Uh, watch for performances from Little Big Town, from Pink, Lady Gaga, Patti LuPone, and many, many more. Uh, Justin Bieber is up for a couple of major awards, as is Bruno Mars and Ed Sheeran and Kendrick Lamar. That's on CBS tonight, Jill, the 60th annual Grammys. All right, lots of people tuning in for that. Uh, on that note, Rick, always good to chat with you, and we will check in with you again next weekend. You bet. Thanks, Jill. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, Tune in Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.